say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. You need another. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo, and ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you. I'm not going to tell you to start your engines, but you should start your pens and pencils because I'm going to tell you something. Today's guest, Steve Manchell, book is entitled I Hereby Resign, is joining us today. And by the way, I was going to, I was thinking about who should listen to the show. And then I thought it's going to be easier if I tell you who should not listen to the show. So here's the people who should not listen to the show. If you do not have a job and you never think you will ever have a job, you are the person who should not listen to the show. Everyone else, you need to listen to the show because that's the person people who are going to have to listen to the show. Because I'm telling you, if you're interested in getting a job, if you are in the midst of a job, if you're trying to get a job, if you're trying to move somewhere else, if you're, I'm just telling you, this book, I Hereby Resign, is absolutely outstanding. I have read it, I have reread it. It is fabulous. It's not a long read. But holy cow, it is a punch you in the face, get your life right, get yourself right before you resign and go to another company. You have got to pick up this book. You're going to love it. It's absolutely fabulous. Again, it's called I Hereby Resign. His name is Steve Manchel. He's going to join us in just a second. But let's do what we do every week. And you know what that is, right? We are four-part people. We are physical people, mental people, emotional people, and spiritual people. And I want to check in with you every week to see how you're doing in those four areas of your life. We go on a scale of one to ten in each of those areas. One is miserable, ten is outstanding, and what we're going to do is we're going to check in how you doing. So, and then I define each area for you, so it makes it a little easier on you. Five is average, by the way, in all these areas. So let's start physically. Scale of one to ten, how are we doing? And what I mean physically is how's your exercise regimen? How are you eating? Are you getting enough sleep? And are you drinking enough water? I see, you know, I, and I know we've got issues with the virus and everything. I mean, if you're, if you've ever thought about your health right now, you know what? I think sometimes these viruses are a good thing. Go, how healthy are you? Because the healthier you are, the easier it is to overcome any sort of a virus that you may have. So on a scale of one to 10, how are you doing physically? All right. And then there's two questions we ask in every area. And those two questions are this, A, all right, why are you that way? And then B, what can I do to change it right now? Right. And that, th- those are really important because don't wait, because here's the one thing I know when it comes to changing, I don't care if it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual behavior. If you wait, you'll never do it. You, you'll say I should. And you know what the problem with should is whenever somebody says should, they never do. And all of a sudden you've had shoulded all over your place, right? I mean, you just have one big pile of should and it's awful. And so what you got to do is stop saying should get on it right now. Okay. So there's your first number, right? There's your physical second number, the mental number. What I mean by that is how are you feeding your brain and what are you feeding it with? Right. I mean, look, I, I get it that we, you know, enjoy things and we want to have fun. But at the same time, you have a right side of your brain and a left side of your brain. And you need to feed the creative side, your right side of the brain, just as much as you need to feed the left side of your brain, which is that more logical side. So what are you doing in order to feed your brain? in the right way. What are you consuming? What are you reading? What are you listening to? Maybe take up a new instrument. Maybe it's a foreign language. Maybe it's something new, right? But you know, maybe it's even travel at times, right? Whatever that may be, what are you doing to exercise both halves of your brain? Same scale, one to 10, same two questions. Why? And what are you going to do to change it right now? Third area is the emotional area, right? And what I mean the emotional, I'm going to make it really simple on you. We, in psychology, we like to talk about emotional quotients or emotional intelligence. But I'm going to just break it down this way. A is how well can you control your emotions when you're under stress, right? When When that person cuts you off in the midst of traffic, what do you like, right? I mean, can you, can you keep it under control or have you lost it completely? You are now yelling and screaming at your steering wheel and you have given all sorts of hand gestures, <laughs> right? Is that, who, is that who you are? All right. So, so what do you got to do to control that? And then the second piece of that, the B piece is how well are you able to tap into the emotions of others and understand the emotions of others, right? And then deal with those in an empathetic way. 
right? By the way, Steve is going to talk about that later about empathy. He he because the fact of the matter is there's a lot of parties involved, and empathy is actually a real big part of being able to handle a a resignation and join another place. And he's going to talk about that. So how are you doing in that area? Scale of one to ten, one miserable, ten outstanding, right? All right, same two questions. All right, so you got three numbers. You got a physical, mental, and emotional, and then finally the spiritual number. And you know, folks, spiritually, here's here's how I define that. If you remove the physical, mental, and emotional, it's what you have left. It is that area of your life that you can't explain. It can't be explained by science. Yet you know that there's something else inside you that touches you, that hits you, that either gives you a sense of peace or a sense of joy, or maybe it settles you. Or, or gets you place. And, and, and it could be a variety of things. Maybe it's God, maybe it's nature, maybe it's meditation, whatever that may be for you. What, how is that going for you? That's the, that's the number I'm looking for on a scale one to 10. How is whatever that gets you centered, whatever touches that soul and brings you back to a sense of peace or joy, how is that going for you? Right. So if it's God, how's that relationship going? If it's nature, how's that going? If it's meditation, how's that going? And then it's the same two questions you got to ask yourself. And that is, you know, what do I need to do to change it? Right. You know, why and what do I need to change it? And you got to think of those four areas as like the four areas, like a four legs of a chair. Okay. So if the chair is uneven, it's bad on our pasture. And at the same time, if the chair is too low, it also makes it difficult for us to be at our best. So the question then becomes, you know, what, how can we bring up that chair to the right height and bring it up in a balanced way? And speaking of someone who is well-balanced and also is someone who is at the very top of his game, his name is Steve Manchell, and he is my, my guest. Steve Manchell possesses the highest possible attorney rating and has extensive national experience in recruiting matters, broker dealing litigation, securities litigation, and complex civil litigation. In the employee departure arena, Stephen has handled and continues to handle matters ranging from single employee transitions to the types of retention and attraction issues arising from mergers and acquisitions involving Fortune 500 corporations. Stephen also has a long history of representing broker dealers, insurance companies, financial advisors, and agents in customer complaint cases. Stephen is a member of the Bar Register of Preeminent Lawyers and also received an AV Peer Review Rating by Martindale Hubble. An AV Peer Review Rating, by the way, uh, reflects the fact that a lawyer has reached the height of professional excellence and is recognized for the highest levels of skill and integrity. For every year since 2005, Stephen has been named a Massachusetts Super Lawyer by Boston Magazine and Law and Politics. Stephen has written a, a case study in his new book, which I hold up here that for those of you watching live here on Facebook, called I Hereby Resign. And it's used in a class that he continues to lecture at, where else? Harvard Business School. He is an opinion columnist for CEO World Magazine. He is absolutely outstanding, incredible sense of humor. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show and welcome to A New Direction, Stephen Manchell. Thanks so much, Jay. I appreciate it. You are so welcome. So the book I hereby resign, fabulous book. Uh, I, I, have, I am telling people, I keep telling people every time I meet them, I'm like, Folks, do not wait. Buy this book. And right out of the introduction, I think one of the things that you say that is just so incredibly important that we don't really think about is you say people change jobs a lot, right? They change them often. They do. The The average person will have between seven and 10 jobs over the course of their career. And the 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 more specific focus of the book in that context is most of those jobs will be with a competitor. So seven to 10 times you're going to leave where you are in order to join a company that competes with where you are. So you, you go on to say in here that one of the most costly uh, litigation pieces is in the pre-resignation part of this. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Sure. Most people, and, and understandably so, focus on the, the question of whether they have a contract. And in that contract, do they have a non-competition clause or a non-solicitation clause? And those things are important, but they're step two in the process. Step one in the process is how do you leave? And that's that includes everything from how do you consider leaving to how do you actually resign? And in my experience, I've been doing this now for almost 30 years, and I've handled directly and directly thousands of transitions 
the nastiest cases are where the former employer thinks that something was done wrong while you were still an employee. Mm. You competed with them. You took original records, those types of things. So in my world, what I try to get people to focus on is if there's going to be a fight, let's just have a fight over the language in a contract. Let's not have a fight over bad behavior because from my perspective, these things are like a divorce. Is it going to be nasty or is it going to be <laughs> under the circumstances manageable? I got it. So what is, I, I kind of got a chuckle out of this. I don't know why I got a chuckle out of this. So you say, you say in the introduction, do you want to be one of the unlucky ones who get sued and or have their business plans materially disrupted? Or put another way, are you willing to take a chance on leaving the wrong way and being caught? <laughs> I, don't know why, I don't know why I found that funny, but I just did. I found it. I just found it happens because I think people do that a lot, don't they? Absolutely. There. So if if you look at sheer numbers, right now there, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there are about two million people a month who are voluntarily leaving their jobs. Now, some of them retire, some of them go to different you know, aspects of their life. But the truth is there aren't 2 million people being sued every month. And so there are people who think I'm gonna be really aggressive, I'm not gonna care about how I'm supposed to act. And I've seen this now for 30 years. You end up being the, the guy or the woman who does something bad on the way out the door and your company decides they've had enough, I, I, it, it, it's career ending. Mm. Not, only, not only is it career ending from a financial impact because these things involve a lot of money, but as these industries, and it's really all industries, continue to consolidate, the other avenues for you to go to are going to know what you did mm. and nobody's going to touch it with a 10-foot pole. Right. So you, you take the risk. I mean, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't save everybody, but right. you take the risk. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know why I, I, I think people just feel like maybe cause it's the psychology of it, you know, as a psycho psychological professional myself, I, I wonder if it's, I often think that people sometimes find themselves invincible, right? I, I have freedom of name it, insert, whether it's speech or I have freedom to do whatever I want to do. You can't stop me. But in the in the legal arena, when it comes to, you know, changing a job, it's really not like freedom of speech, right? That's right. There are rules, and and you know, some of the rules have gray areas. But there are, and I, that's what I've tried to do with the book is is impress people with the notion that there are a fundamental set of rules about how you can leave a job. And if you do not follow those rules, you're setting yourself up for real exposure. Right. And, and from my perspective, look, most of the people I've dealt with, I don't find that they were unethical right. or that they, they did it on purpose. Right. What, I, what I find is in most instances, either they didn't know or they're nervous. I mean, it's a big deal to go from one job to another company. And so they get nervous about whether their clients will follow, so they take client information. They get nervous about whether they'll be as good a designer in the next place, so they want design information. And what I'm trying to do with the book, in part, is comfort them enough through the rules that govern the transition so that they don't need to act like that. I, 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 by the way, we're talking with... Um... We're talking with Steve Manchel. He's author of the book, I Hereby Resign. Fabulous book. And it's a book really that is about transitioning. Matter of fact, the secondary title is Job Transitioning, How Individuals, <clears throat> excuse me, How Individuals Properly Prepare, Resign, and Move to the Competition and How Companies Best Manage That Process is really the, is really the full title of the book. But it's absolutely an outstanding book. I, I, matter of fact, Stephen says, you know, he actually writes in the introduction about who should read this book. And I'm just going to read you this list. Employees. Well, hello. That's pretty much everybody. Headhunters who are still employees, by the way, business owners, executives, supervisors who recruit, in-house corporate lawyers dealing with legal risks of lateral hiring and owners of companies. I, I don't think you can find anybody on that list that, it, that it's you. All right. I'm, I'm just, I'm just telling you, it's you. If you are getting ready to resign and listen, I've been on both sides of this as a business owner, you know, having people leave and having people come in from competitors. And I'm, I'm going to tell generally we, we want to keep it civil, 
but I do know that there have been times when it has not been. And, you know, doing this in the right way is so important. And Stephen certainly uh, does that. By the way, the book's available on Amazon and you can order it. And it's just absolutely a a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous book. So I'm going to talk about, because we're going to get into this book a little bit deeper. And one of the people that has really been an influence, uh, I think, and a friend for you has been Boris Groysberg. And he, uh, he actually wrote an article um, uh, several years ago on um, transitioning, and he did, he did a great study on it. And this caused you to come up with your own study. So let's talk about, let's talk about what Boris Groysberg did and how that influenced you and then what that, how that led to uh, good old Don Jenkins. <laughs> so, so you know, full and fair disclosure, he is, he's become one of my closest friends. I think he is, he might be the brightest person I've ever met. And what makes him even more special is his ability to communicate effectively to those of us like me who are not as bright as him. (laughs) (laughs) He is, he is a full professor at the Harvard business school and his focus is on um, talent management and leadership. And he has a particularly interesting, um, I guess at this point, personal focus, which is he's fascinated by people who stay at the top of their position over a long period of time. Mm. So for example, Madonna, We've talked about her. He's he he's fascinated by how, for lack of a better word, she's reinvented herself and stayed so much at the top of her profession. And it, I, I I've come to to have interest in in that notion as well, uh, both because of him and as I get older. But he is uh, what he did was he wrote an article just like you said, and for some reason at the time everywhere he got quoted like in Newsweek or the Wall Street Journal, I was called for a quote because I do on the legal side what he does on the business side. And um, I reached out for him and I said, what I find personally fascinating is the tension between what might be a good business practice and the obstacles that the law puts in the way. Mm. So for example, one of the people that he studied was a manager. And before this person left, the manager took in essence a survey of the people who worked for her to see whether they wanted to go with her to the next company. Now that makes sense from a business perspective if you're going to another company and you're gonna be a manager and you like the people you're, you're, who are reporting to you. That is not a good legal practice. And so we had a discussion now, it's almost 17 years ago, about can we come up with something that will let, in this case, the Harvard students know kind of the do's and don'ts of the road. And collaboratively, we came up with the Don Jenkins story. I I love the story um, because it, it... I, I think it to me, I don't know if this is really appropriate, but I'm going to say it anyway. So to me, it was uh, dragnet, uh, basically. Um, it was it's basically, uh, here's here's how, this is Jay Izzo rephrasing Stephen Manchel, which is a danger because he's an attorney and I'm not. So so the danger is I'm rephrasing, paraphrasing this way. Basically, I have changed the names and the incidences so much that it would be impossible for you to actually pinpoint or recognize anybody. However, I could tell you that many of these events are, in fact, I have dealt with. I, that's that's the best way I can phrase that. And that's exactly right. I mean, okay. one, of the, one of the things that I have to be careful about is, as an attorney, I take very seriously my client's confidence and not revealing any confidential information. So in order for me to do this, I, I, I mean, I've seen everything. I, right. I mean, I, someday I might just write a book of stories about what I've seen when people move, but that's what we did. <laughs> that's what we did with Don Jenkins is we, we took a number of different pieces from a lot of different stories. And with the help of just some spectacular folks at, at Harvard Business School, we created a, like a little novel. And, and the, the reason for it is I, I'm, not a, I'm not big on lecturing. Right. I think that people learn better and quicker when they participate. And for me, especially with the book, by giving them a story that they could read, 
and not touching upon any legal issues. Just read the story and then we'll go from there. I, I feel like, you know, I draw them into the process. Well, you do. And, and let me tell you, let me tell you uh, why I really did enjoy this because I'm reading the book and I'm reading through the story and I'm going, okay, so it's a story. And then, then we get in there and you go, um, it's quiz time. And I'm like going, <laughs> what, what? And, it, and, and, and it's like, I, I can't look back at the book. I got to remember what I read. Oh my gosh, this is, this is the SAT all over again. You can, no, stop it. Right. Reading comprehension. But the fact of the matter is you had left these breadcrumbs of clues Right, that I didn't even pay attention to, and I'm like, going, doggone it, he did say that. Darn it, he did write that. And it was, it's really, really, it's a really neat story. Um, I'm gonna try to do just a, a sentence justice to the story. Basically, this guy's named Don Jen Jenkins. He's an event planner, and he's leaving uh, to the competition uh, on kind of a recommendation from a friend he knows as Cecilia, and it's because. He really was hoping to get into a managerial, managerial directorship in um, event planning. And while he's at a conference with Cecilia, she tells him that, in fact, there is a managerial directorship available and that he basically should apply. And then it starts this whole bull rolling. Is that a fair uh, synopsis of the... I think you got a future as an editor. That was good to me. <laughs> well, I wanted to make it concise without, uh, you know, it's very good. Okay. Without the, all the details, but I, I wanted to do that. Hey, by the way, we're talking with Steve uh, Manchel, author of the book, I Hereby Resign. Fabulous book. It It is about transitioning. It's available on Amazon. Uh, matter of fact, you can pretty much order it anywhere. It's a, it's it's available. Just say, hey, I want to get this book. And it's it's absolutely available. And Steve, by the way, uh, is here with us here on A New Direction. And New Direction, by the way, has a sponsor, and I need to talk about them. And their name is Epic Physical Therapy. And whether you're recovering from an injury or surgery or suffering everyday aches and pains or you know, maybe you're just having difficulty performing the normal activities of the day, or maybe you're an athlete, maybe a superior athlete, maybe you're a professional athlete, and you just need to uh, get back into your game and do it the way at the best that you, level you can do it. And maybe you just need to you just want to feel better and move better. Well, you know what? The elite team at Epic Physical Therapy will provide you with a customized treatment plan that's tailored to your individual needs. They have tremendous amount of experience in re rehabilitating young athletes, elite professionals, and, and just everyday people like you and me. And they understand that, they, that there's this great need to treat the entire body as a functional whole, not just your symptom or your injury. So if you want epic relief, epic recovery, and epic results, why not go to Epic PT? It's Epic Physical Therapy, and you can see them at epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C pt.com and of course our longtime sponsor linda craft and team realtors it doesn't matter where you're at in the world they can help you match up with the best realtor anywhere and the reason why they can do it is that for 35 years they have been known as the legends of customer service and and the reason why is because they're independently owned and operated they get to know the best realtors regardless of what company they work for. And so they can recommend you the best realtor in your area because of the relationships that they've developed because that's what they have built their entire business on is relationship. So why not talk to the relationship realtors and why not learn why they are known as the legends? You just go to lindacraft.com, L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we're back here with Stephen L. Manchel. Uh, attorney, and it, the book is entitled "I Hereby Resign," and we're talking about transitioning. And uh, you know, we we we've just spent the first part of this talking really about giving you a foundation um, as we get ready. To, you know, really talking about what he talks about at Harvard Business School and uh, teaches students alike about uh, how to transition correctly from job to job, and it, especially if you're transitioning to a competitor. Um, and, and by the way, I'm going to just say this too, because something popped out at me about this book, Stephen, I, I, I know that we're talking about transitioning from job to job to competitor, but I also thought there, and we're going to get to this, I hope, but there was a part of this book that you even let people know, I, I believe in a roundabout way, even if you're thinking about going out on your own and becoming your own competitor, <laughs> you know, becoming the competitor, you need to, you need to think, you need to think about that too. That's true. And it happens a lot, especially among for, you know, younger folks who are transitioning, um, folks who are working in the dot com arena, if you will, 
there's a lot of people who leave to start the competition and the analysis is no different. Right. You, you, you're just because you're on your own doesn't give you license to do more bad stuff than if you were going <laughs> to another company. So yeah, the rules, the rules absolutely apply to anyone who in the next phase of their employment life will be competing with the company they left. Love it. Anyone. I, I, I love that. I, I, I really do. I, I love that because I was thinking about that as I was reading the book the second time through, I was going and I will talk about the silos, but um, that that's what we call a teaser, um, by the way, the three silos. Yeah. Correct. That's a teaser. Yep. I'm not going to tell you anymore, but there are three silos and they could be filled with corn, but they're not. Okay. That was the teaser for everybody out there. So let's get into part one, how individuals properly transition. And uh, chapter one is the do's and don'ts of transitioning. And I found this so incredibly valuable because this this really is, I think, foundational in terms of if you violate rule one, <laughs> forget everything else. So let's talk about rule one. Don't pre-solicit revenue sources. What do we mean? What do we mean? Talk to the talk to the people around the world. What do you mean when you say don't pre-solicit revenue sources? Everyone at, at some level in their job has people on the outside that generate revenue for the company. And over the years, I've heard all sorts of discussion of this person's not a client or this person was the best man in my wedding or this person is the closest friend I've ever had. What I want to do in the book is is blast through all of that and just stop that discussion. It's a very simple question. You're in a company and the person you're asking me about, it does that person generate revenue for your company? Yes or no? And the answer is always yes. Right. And then my second question is when you go to the next company, do you want that revenue to come to the next company? And the answer is always yes. <laughs> if those two things are true, it is against the law in almost every state I've been in, if not every state, and we're, we're approaching 40 plus. You can't pitch the next company to your revenue source while you're still employed at my company. Hmm. Because what you're doing is you're competing against the company who's giving you a paycheck. And that's very frowned upon. Well, you, you make a point in this. Two, two points I want to bring up here. One is the problem, and I have this highlighted in, in when I wrote it down. The problem, the one big problem is you're trying to get ahead for the next company. You say that. Yep. While you're still working for the current company. That's the big problem. But then the second piece of this is you you just come right out and you, you start swinging and go, listen, the largest litigation, arbitration, awards, and settlements come from pre-solicitation of revenue sources. There's a reason it's rule number one in my book. Um, it is, it is something that sparks emotion in the companies that lose the employee and quite frankly, in front of judges and arbitrators, mm. there's, there's, there's something that, that everyone finds really distasteful about an employee taking a paycheck and simultaneously working against his or her own company. And so what happens is we end up in court or we end up in arbitration. Part of it is typically over a contract, like a non-compete clause or a non-solicit clause. But when this stuff filters in, it changes the dynamics. And the, the, the company that lost the employee digs in, the judges dig in, the arbitrators dig in. It's just, it's, it's just not appropriate. And one of the things that that I, I want people to focus on is if you really need to cheat like that, why are you going? Mm. The odds are overwhelming. You won't succeed in the next place. Mm. And and not only that, I think you make a point of this. Too. I know you make a point of this. I, I don't know if it's necessarily in this piece, but I, I think if you're of the hiring uh, company, do you really want to hire somebody who is taking business from the previous company, actually giving it to you? Because what does that mean for your future? First of all, it creates great liability, mm. legal exposure for the hiring company. Mm -hmm. they, they, they enter the same risk arena, if you will, as right. the employee doing the bad stuff because they're accepting the benefits of it. Right. And secondly, what kind of employer are you hiring? Right. <laughs> Here, here's someone that you know 
is not leaving the right way, by the way. Right. And number two, here's someone, the odds are overwhelming, who will do it to you. Right. Yeah. Because remember, the odds are overwhelming that even though they're coming to your company, the odds are overwhelming they're going to leave. It's part of that seven to ten job changes. So you're bringing a bad actor into your midst right. and you're exposing your own company to him or her doing it to them. Yeah, it's it's part of the human nature thing that we don't pay attention. We don't pay attention to that lowest common denominator, do we? We don't. We're the the, the focus here cannot be on the short term. Right. I know it's tempting, right? Especially when we're talking with revenue generators. But I believe very very strongly if you focus on the short term and not the long term, you're going to end up losing. Right. Right. So let's move to rule number two. And by the way, before I say what rule number two is, I think this is where if there's any place where somebody's going to say, oh, Steve, no, 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 you're wrong. I'm sorry. I can I can live with rule one, three, and four. But Steve, rule two, you're wrong, you're wrong Steve. And because <laughs> I can hear it. I can just, I, I can hear it. They're not saying that to me yet, but I can hear it coming. And rule two is books and records. You you can't take them. Don't take the books and records. Because people are going to go, People go, whoa, 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 are you even talking about my stuff? That's exactly right. When you keep when you keep telling me how wrong I am, it sounds like my wife talking to me. Books <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> records are a very serious rule. The the issue is in part who owns them. Right. And that that changes employee by employee and company by company and situation by situation. But at its most basic level, what you're dealing with here at the end of the day is information that number one is confidential, because if it wasn't confidential, you wouldn't need it. And number two, it's valuable. Because again, if it wasn't valuable, you wouldn't need it. So what we're talking about here is an employee who thinks that they can take his or her company's private, confidential, valuable information that gives the company they're working for an edge and deliver it to the competitor. I promise you that will generate litigation. I okay. promise you. Okay, so you got to tell the story about the, about a guy who is about to transition to a competitor who I guess is kind of in the same office building, right? They're they're in the same boss building and he's there's a as Boston, I guess it's probably the Boston area and it gets windy and breezy there. And uh, this guy has a, <laughs> I'm just picturing this. This guy has a box of papers that he's evidently trying to sneak out and put into his car, right? To, to, and then, and all of a sudden, is it the competitor who sees this? <laughs> is that who it, or the, or the guy he's leaving sees this? Tell, tell the story. So we, we do this, as I said, all over the country. And in a lot of towns outside of major cities, there might only be one or two true commercial buildings that are outfitted for larger companies. And as a result, you oftentimes find the competitors in the same building. <laughs> and the story is about a, a, a person that I had a conversation with around the, the do's and don'ts, including don't take any books and records. And I'm at my office one day and I get a call from the manager who had just hired this person. And the manager says to me, I could be wrong, but I think she's running all around the park in front of our building collecting papers. Now, it's the same building that she's in already. She's just going down the elevator to the new competitor. So I, I track her down and I ask her and, and I say, was that you? And there's a pause and she says, yes. I said, what happened? She said, I know you told me not to take anything, but I felt like there were just some things I had to have with me. I was loading the last box in the car when the wind blew the tops of the boxes off and shot the papers all over the park. So I said, so, so, so let me get this straight. You're, you're running around the park in front of both your old boss <laughs> And your new boss trying to scoop up confidential information that's blowing all over the park. And she said, she said, yes. And I was in essence, good luck with that. Good luck. <laughs> you, 
you got you got a prayer with that. I, I mean, I could I couldn't believe I'm like going. Okay, they're both in the same building. I can just they're looking see, at the same park. Looking at the same exact park, and I'm, I'm and they're watching this employee running through the park, gathering papers. And what got me was it wasn't like it was just one box. It was Correct. boxes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what are you thinking? But I think he, I think there's still paper out there now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what you say after that and it's really 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 true and it's a psychological thing as well and it is our kind of our natural instinct to hoard correct it, it's it just really is it's it's our natural instinct to want to hoard uh our information and take it with us there's another piece to this too that you talk about in books and records and i think because we live in such an electronic age I think you I think you should address I would appreciate if you'd address even when it comes to the computer or the laptop that you're leaving behind uh that 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 includes getting rid of stuff that's on your laptop computer correct That's correct so the 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 absolute easiest way in this day and age to spot whether the the employee who left did something bad is to check their computer it's 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 almost standard operating procedure in every company, large and small, is go onto the laptop that was returned or go onto the company server and take a look at the activity in the three or four months preceding the departure. Right. And and so in the book, I talk about the things that folks really shouldn't do, not only because they shouldn't do it, right. but because they're just very easy to spot. You're gonna you're gonna get caught. Right. The first cousin to that is exactly what you just said. There are people who leave and do things they know they shouldn't, and they think that they can hide that fact right. by putting a software on the laptop or the computer that, quote unquote, deletes what they've done. Right. There are and, two problems with that. Mm-hmm. Um, one is the act of the deletion itself is illegal. Just just the, the destruction, and it creates what's called an inference. The court is going to say, in just plain English, you had to have been doing something wrong or else you wouldn't have deleted it. And, and the, the second mm. part of it is it absolutely highlights that you've done something bad. There's nothing that's going to get the back hairs of a company up more than to find deletion of computer activity, by the way, right. on the company's computer. Right, 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 on the company's computer. Right. Well, that's, that's this is the thing I, I think that people don't really understand. And, and I think because we're still really naive, even though we've been in this computer era for a long time, people are still naive that you leave traces of what you've done on your computer. You, you can't, you know, without literally <laughs> taking a hammer and, you know, <laughs> destroying the hard drive or drilling holes through the hard drive. And even then it's possible sometimes you leave you do you leave a fingerprint you leave a footprint and a handprint of anything that you've ever done on a hard drive absolutely and and by the way jay i did a case where an employee took a hammer to a laptop and tried to destroy the hard drive literally mm-hmm. and we found a company i believe it was in rhode island that put it back together yeah yeah that's why I, I said it is it is unless you are a forensics expert it is incredibly hard to erase your path. So don't do it. You know, number one, you're going to be unsuccessful. And number two, it, again, it just highlights you did real bad stuff on the way out the door. Yeah. You know, I, I try to tell, I try to tell people and even, you know, when I walk into businesses and I'm doing some speaking or coaching, one of the things I tell them is that your hard drive is like your DNA. You, you, I'm just telling you, you just can't, you just can't get away with it. It's, it's so almost impossible because you know we, you can find your DNA on anything. Well, I got to tell you, your DNA is all over your computer, how it's used, and then how it's, and then how all of a sudden it's not used because your habits are pretty clear on your hard drive. By the uh, way, absolutely. And then and then you layer in things like the cloud. Right. You layer in backup. You know, almost every company on earth now has automatic backup every day. So no matter what you do. Right. On on you know Friday afternoon before you quit Thursday, there's a full image. Yeah, I, listen, and even in small companies now, right? Even in small right. companies now, uh, we have servers, even in these, you know, and then when I mean small companies, I mean less than 25 people. They sure. have servers that get, the, everything gets backed up there. By the way, all the information gets backed up from every computer that's yep. open. And th- there is a timestamp on everything 
of, of and how much data you 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 downloaded. And there's even there's even more than that. Oh yeah. There, there's your name. Oh yeah. Right. If I go, yeah, right. If I go into a document right on a server, I will see who last touched that document by name. Right. So you're you're a hundred percent right when you talk about fingerprints and DNA. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's it's it's. It, uh, People just people just are being naive to it, and they they shouldn't be. Hey, we're talking with Stephen Manchell um, and having a great talk, by the way. I'm having a lot of fun, and I hope you are too, because this is stuff is good stuff, and we're just and we're just you know just touched a little bit of it. But the book is called I Hereby Resign. This is the very same book that uh, he's got the case study in that he uses at Harvard University with the Harvard business students. This is a book for every one of you when it comes to transitioning in the right way to your next job. Uh, even if you're going to you know open up your own place, do it right. Avoid. Well, I'm not going to say avoid, but how about this? Let's lessen the risk. I think that's a better way of phrasing it. Let's let's keep the risks at a minimum. This book is going to help you do that. And he's here joining us here on A New Direction. Hey, New Direction uh, has had a sponsor since November, and they are Epic Physical Therapy. And their facility offers the most advanced top-of-the-line equipment, including the Alter-G anti-gravity treadmill, the Normatec compression sleeves, uh, which are fabulous, and and the Game Ready, which I love uh, when it comes to reducing swelling, especially when they turn that crank that thing down with the ice. It's just just a few of the things that they have. But in addition to the latest cutting technology, they are trained and certified in the most comprehensive cutting-edge treatments available. And by the way, whether whether you're just an everyday person who has a work injury to an to a professional athlete, they treat them all. I, I'm telling you, and they treat them all the same. You're just as that important. But here's a couple of treatments that they use, and you may have heard of some of these, like blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling. Love that, by the way. And then cupping. I've had that done, right? And cupping is those circles that sometimes you'll see on the swimmers at the Olympics, and you wonder why do they got those crazy circles? Is it the disease? No, 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 no. What they've done is they've taken a cup and they've actually manipulating the muscle through the skin. It's absolutely fabulous. I love it. Listen, Epic PT. They are the physical therapists, and I'm telling you, you need to check them out. They are absolutely fabulous, outstanding. They're the therapists I go to and have been going to, and I trust them, and I think you should too. Why not go to epicpt.com? That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. Um, did I say that right? E-P-I-C-P-T.com? Yeah, I think I did. Okay. Hey, and also we have Linda Craft and Team Realtors. You know what? They have been around for 35 years at 7300 Six Forks Road in Raleigh, North Carolina, but they have been helping people all over the world during that time. And the reason why is because they built relationships one person at a time back in 1985. And Linda started then and she, as she does now with her team, and they continue to build relationships. I can promise you if you walk through the door there at 7300 Six Forks Road, I promise you the first thing they're probably going to do is going to say, how about a bottle of water? <laughs> because that's just kind of how it starts. And they just want to have a conversation because they, what they recognize is that your home purchase is the largest personal purchase you're probably going to make in a lifetime. And they also know that memories are made in the home and they want to get to know you, your needs, your wants, and what your best desires are for buying your next home or maybe selling the current home that you're in. So why not talk to the legends of customer service when it comes to real estate? Why not talk to Linda Craft and her team? And you can do that by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we're back here with Stephen Manchell and his book, I Hereby Resign. We're talking about transitioning in the right way from one job to the next. And uh, he's joining us here. And we've done, we're doing the do's and don'ts. And we're we're just about to tack rule number three because rule number three is my favorite rule as a psychological professional because I see this all the time. And rule number three, don't change your work habits. Stephen? <laughs> It is a bit of it is a bit of big brother. Um, so the the rule, as I, I, I set out in the book, has two pieces to it. One piece we've already kind of touched on, which is the notion of while you work for my company, you work for my company. Right. So, for example, if you're a manager in my company, you can't go to the subordinates and start saying this company is awful. Right. And and everybody who works here should want to leave because what you're doing is you're preconditioning those folks to want to go with you. The practical piece of the rule is every single day you have people watching you. And I don't literally mean that like Big Brother, but there are people that are just tied into the rhythm of your day. Right. If you break that rhythm, you are sending a signal that that your behavior has changed for a reason 
And the most typical reason is leaving. One example I use is if, you know, if every day you talk in your office chair on the office phone with the door open, and then all of a sudden your door is closed and you're walking around on a cell phone, somebody's going to figure out that you're going. Right. So as a legal matter, your duty is to the company you're with. Don't you do anything for the next company. And as a practical matter, you've got to be very sensitive to your standard and typical work behavior. Yeah, this is – and I, I don't think what people pick up on is they, they, they think they're being so clever, right? They, Correct. Right, right, because they think, well, I'm not saying anything. But folks, I got to tell you, I, I got to tell you, when your attendance in meetings all of a sudden gets inconsistent, right? Or one of my favorites is, you know, for the last three weeks, I noticed that Johnny is no longer contributing the way he contributed in the meetings, right? He's there every day. But his contribution has fallen off, right? Um, my favorite one that you say is, you've had one cell phone, and now you have two. <laughs> Correct. Two cell phones. And then the one that I got a kick out of was, when your briefcase is twice the size of your old one. <laughs> that's probably There's a... only one reason for that, and that's to carry records out, right? Why do you need a, yeah. why do you need a, a briefcase that's twice the size of what you're, you've been using? And and there are things like, you're, you're exactly right. You're 100% right. You know, the the employee that marches into the manager's office and says, are we going to get dental benefits? Right. Now, there's only one reason that he's asking, or there could be two, like either he has really bad teeth or he's being offered dental benefits from the next company. Right. And he's trying to compare and contrast right. the two economic situations. So behavior is just mission critical unless you want to get flushed out. Yeah. And, and, and you know, this is the thing is that your behavior will betray your words. Absolutely. Every every single time. And, you know, I remember when I was working in uh, forensic psychology, for instance, and I was doing a little forensic psychology. And, you know, you could tell me whatever you want. Your behavior tells me everything I need to know. Correct. Right. In terms of especially this this too. And it, it and by the way, uh, I'm not going to get into it, but you caught me. When Don made a huge purchase right at the very beginning, it was the first words mm -hmm. I think is in the first sentence, and you caught me and I went, "Dang it, how did I miss that?" And so I, I felt a little, I felt a little sheepishly embarrassed that I missed that piece. <laughs> by the way, um, okay, let's go to rule number four. And rule number four, it should be obvious. This should, this should be obvious to everybody, but because of the way that you um, are are saying this, I, I think people may have a little fear when you say this. And rule number four is don't lie. Let's talk about that. There's a there's a tension here, which I fully appreciate. On one hand, as an employee getting ready to leave, you want to do it in private and you want to do it confidentially and you don't want your employer to know you're getting ready to go. On the other hand, there are times when your company figures it out or is going through perhaps a, a, a moment where a lot of employees are leaving. So they do what I call shake the trees. They'll, the manager, it's the classic manager, pops into your office and says, Jay, I hear you're going. Right. Now, she doesn't really know you're going. She's reading tea leaves. Has your behavior changed? Are other people leaving? You know, did your best friend just go? Right. And it's, it, it's that where that rubber hits the road, I think, is amongst the hardest thing to do as someone who's getting ready to, to leave. Because the knee-jerk reaction of a lot of people because they're nervous and scared that they've been flushed out is just to lie. Right. You know, I love this company. I'm never leaving it. You folks raised me from a puppy, and I could never be disloyal to you. You know, just these – I'm telling you, I've heard these grand speeches. When, 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 and, and by the way, when you quit next week – your manager is going to remember the speech. Right. So so what people should do is stay general. You right. Know, I don't know how these rumors get started. I'm doing the best that I can. Right. Please let me get back to work. And 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 but at the end of the day, if you believe in your heart that they know, right. look them in the eye and say, I am going because you're not doing anything wrong in leaving. Right. But you will create problems by lying. Yeah, I think this is this is the this is the problem is that I think because they feel a little embarrassed and and you know you say this a little bit later in the book where you go you fully recognize that you resigning in person is really hard. 
I mean, it, 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 and you say that on page 41. You say, you know, listen, under, I understand that resigning in person is really hard. And the truth of the matter is, is it is hard. And so then what happens and we come confronted with that, we, you know, the psychology is we panic. <laughs> it's what we do. Right. Well, what the, the number one thing people try to do is fix it. They try to make right. the moment, quote unquote, better or more pleasant. Right. And that that ranges from long, lengthy resignation letters to speeches when you're resigning. And you cannot fix the moment Right. that you are leaving a company to go to a direct competitor and your actions at the next company, if you're successful, will hurt your former company. That is just the inextricable reality. And so what I say to people is be quiet. You can't fix it. You can't make it better. You probably are just going to make the manager angrier. Right. Go over to the next place. And if the manager really was your best friend, once you're settled in, reach back and talk. But in 30 years of doing this, the number of former managers that welcome the call back has got to be like three. Mm. And mm. most of them, most of the three, it's because they wanted to go to the other company too. Right, right, right. Got it. You know, you know, I want to, I'm, you know, we, we, we've kind of really done a great job. I'm going to skip chapter two, um, by the way, let me just kind of give you a refresh chapter two, by the way, if you're wondering what, what's in chapter two, it's really an important chapter, but you're going to have to buy the book. Okay. Which is available on Amazon. And chapter two is about when you should resign, who you should resign to, what your letter of resignation should look like. Matter of fact, he gives you an example in the book of what the letter of resignation should look like. And he gives you tips on on why what what should be in that letter and and it's really really and also some do's and don'ts of what you should and should not say and uh, but we're not we're not going to talk about chapter two because I want to I'm going to jump over to chapter three and this is one of those things uh, that I really that really got into because I was like you are actually encouraging people here when we get to chapter three which is entitled I am Don Jenkins by the way uh, you talk about why are you leaving and will you succeed? And the very first quote on page 48 is this, be honest with yourself. If you're leaving for the money, own it. The, the thing for me, and I, I actually struggled with this when I was writing the book, did I put the be honest with yourself chapter in the beginning? Mm. Or did I put it after the rules? And I decided to put it after the rules because I think part of being honest with yourself is understanding what rules are in play and, and, and can constrain you. Mm-hmm. And, and if you can't be successful following those rules, then don't leave. And part of determining whether you will be successful is don't sell yourself. You can sell the people that are interviewing you. You can sell the headhunter, but right. don't sell yourself. Right. If you're leaving because you feel you're underpaid and the company next door is going to pay you more, that's fine. There's nothing unethical about that. Right. But the very first step in the process of leaving successfully is being brutally honest with yourself. You, you know, matter of fact, you say shortly after that, you know, and, and this is really a great question. I think because we get so emotional and, you know, our emotions – uh, many times, if we aren't careful, we'll cover over logic, right? Our right brain gets in the way of our left brain quite frequently. And one of the things that you said, and I, I really wish people would hear this clearly, you said, be honest with yourself. Did you really deserve the promotion that you didn't get and that you're mad about? The number one characteristic of someone who moves is a person who thinks they've been slighted. Right. If you, if you take a look at the thousands of people I've dealt with and ask me for, you know, the most common denominator, it's the person who thinks they've been slighted. And what I say to people in that situation is, you know what? Maybe you were. Mm-hmm. You're slighted in your own mind. I'm not going to argue with you. You know, I'm not going to argue with you about whether you should have gotten promotion. Have that argument with yourself. Right. Did the person who got it deserve it as much as you? If so, why are you leaving? Did the person who got it deserve it more than you? And why are you leaving? So we, in our daily lives, especially in in our employment lives, we're constantly looking at things as if, you know, why are they doing that to me? That's not right. I deserved a bigger raise. I deserved a bigger bonus. And what I 
what I counsel people to do is you, you better be very honest about that. It's the privacy of your own mind. You don't need to spin anyone. Right. You know, is it really something that's enough to make you go to the next place? Right. Right. This leads me to a piece that uh, really struck me near and dear to my heart, and that was um, it's the silo test. And and I'm going to introduce it this way. Um, if you need, you say this, if you need people to succeed at your next job and I inserted or your next entrepreneurial endeavor, you need to take stock of them. You didn't say talk to them. You said, take stock. You make that very clear, by the way, it's quotes, take stock. I didn't say talk. I said, take stock. Talk about the three silo test and how people should evaluate whether they should go or whether they should stay. The, the silo comes from the fact that I grew up in Vermont, so there's no uh, there's no <laughs> connection to the silos other than I saw them you know growing up as a child all over the place. What I what I tell folks to do is if your next job is dependent on people, whether you're a manager or whether you're a revenue generator, imagine three silos. In the first silo are the names of the people who the minute they find out where you are, they're coming over. There's nothing else you need to do. In the second silo are people very closely connected to you, but might require, for lack of a better word, a little bit of a pitch. You know, might require them you to tell them why you chose the next company. Right. In, in the third silo are people you'll need to pitch, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just it's just a fact right. that as regards this last group, they're going to require some convincing. If you can't start your next business or succeed at the next company almost exclusively in silo one with just maybe a sprinkling of silo two do not go because the 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 issues in the next company that will arise from what i call an aggressive reach back you know trying to get people and pitch people are far greater than if you go to the next company and at the end of the day all you do is make an announcement and people follow I love that. I just love the three side. I, I know I'm, I know I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Nebraska farm guy, but you know, was raised that way. But I, I really like that because it really, it really is a nice little test. I, I really believe that it was a, an, it was a great test. And I, and I appreciate you putting that in the book because it was simple to understand, but it was also a really great test. And I think people need to pay attention to it. Steven, do you know that you and I've been on for almost an hour? I, I, it's flown by. It really, it really. It, <laughs> I told you we, we we talked before the show, and I said you will be surprised how fast this hour goes. But it really has gone fast, and I've really, I have really, really enjoyed it. And and so now I get to lay something on you uh, that I did not talk to you about, and I do that on purpose. So the the show is called a new direction because we try to help people find a new direction, you know, in success and leadership in their life or their career, their business. And uh, I asked my friends, because you're no longer a guest, you're a friend of the show, and you're my friend. And I I know you and I are going to stay in touch. We've had a lot of fun, and I can see that we will in the future. If you could leave the listener with a new direction based on Stephen Manchel's book, I Hereby Resign, what would you leave them with? You can do this. I mean, I listened to your introduction to the show, and I I was... I was fascinated listening to it. The The book is about making a change and you can do it. You can make the change to the next company. You can do it in the right way. You can lessen the risks that you're worried about and you can succeed. So don't stay put if you really want to be in the next company. Do it. That's awesome. His name is Stephen Manchel. The book is entitled, I Hereby Resign. Available Amazon. You can get it anywhere. Just to ask for the book. Uh, it's got a, it, it's got an ISBN on the back. It, it's available. Um, I'm going to see if I can't talk to Stephen and see if he'll um, do the audio book version so that because uh, I know so many of you do that. So I'm going to talk to him about that after the show because, well, I think we can get him there. I think I can get him there. I think I really do can. And by the way, Sharon, 
thanks for watching. I appreciate it. <laughs> I really do. You didn't think I'm paying attention, Sharon. I've got a lot of things going on. You, you have no idea. I've got two laptops in front of me. I'm watching you, Sharon. I, I can see that you're out there. So I appreciate you watching. Folks, this is the show. It's called A New Direction. And you know what I say every week, and it is this. You know what? Be inspired. Because when you're inspired, you can inspire others. And when they're inspired, they in turn inspire other people as well. And that make, can make this world a great place. I'm going to be back here next week with another great guest, with another great book. And as I say to you all the time, you know what that is? Ciao, everybody. To go a different way, yeah. The time has come for a new direction. your confidence and the answers don't make sense you got to keep your hope alive you got to know you can survive this is your time to find a new direction a brand new day a new direction things are gonna change Dreams will take you places